Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Hi, welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Lisa McNeely. My pronouns are she, her. I'm your host for Spotlight on Recruiting. And our show today, Hiring a Hero. Um, so we're going to be discussing military to civilian transition and how you as an organization can hire a hero. I'm excited to have, so usually, you know, we do have a lot of women on the show, but I'm excited actually to have um, one of my friends on the show, Joe McGinnis. Um, so, Joe, thank you and welcome to the show. And I, I appreciate your willingness to join me and uh, talk about your experience as, you know, being in the military and transitioning into civilian workforce. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Lisa, for having me so much. I really appreciate it, and thank you for being open to the topic. I think it's something that's important to discuss, so um, I'm glad to be here with you to discuss it. Yeah, fantastic. So let me give you a little bit of background on Joe. So Joe is a retired Marine Corps captain. He has a background in human resources and intelligence analysis. He transitions from the Marines in 2018, uh, he has a master's in human resource management from Rutgers and a bachelor's in intelligence studies from the American Military University. Over the past five years, uh, Joe has held various roles at, while he was pursuing his master's degree. Um, he's also um, so uh, a recent graduate of the Tech Qual program, so we're going to have to dive into what that is. Um, and he's currently pivoting his career to tech sales. So Joe was, I think, tell me, like your last eight years you spent in really like as an HR business leader in the Marines, um, but now that you're kind of going into the civilian world, um, you're going into the sales, correct? Correct, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm excited to be pursuing a new career. Um, so, uh, yeah, tech sales. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. Well, and I should say, you know, um, uh, like I said, you know, uh, Joe retired from the Marines. He spent 22, he served honorably for 22 years. Um, so, you know, first and foremost, and I should have just led with this, and I'm really sorry, Joe, um, but I told it to you before. Um, thank you for your service. Um, uh, it, it's really um, a hero, and, and we all appreciate, you know, the things that all of our, our military does for us to keep us safe and protect us. So thank you for that. Yeah, yeah it was an honor and a privilege. Thank you, Lisa. Yeah, so let's just start yeah. off, um, like, okay. you know, because I think a lot of our listeners, um, so we do have international listeners, um, but I, I'm going to assume that it's pretty much the same even for other countries, um, you know, what that transition looks like, um, you know, when you are transitioning um, from the military into a civilian workforce. So why don't we just start off and just tell us, you know, what was your transition from the Marine Corps like? Yeah, so... Um... I transitioned in 2018 
um, I started the process in 2017, um, roughly about six months out from, you know, when I would be out of the Marine Corps. Uh, it took a little while for it to process, so I kind of, you know, I, I let that be um, a, uh, a, a comfort for me. Like, I didn't really think I needed a job at the time because um, I was still in the Marine Corps, right, doing work every day. Um, and that's what I did all the way up until um, almost the day I transitioned. Uh, it was always, you know, focused on the, the Marine Corps, which, you know, I think is one thing veterans can, you know, do better with is when they're preparing for transitioning. You know, work is important, but focus on your transition. Um, that kind of led me down a road of, you know, it was a, it wasn't the greatest transition. Um, I, like I said, I, I actually turned down my first job offer because I got, you know, I talked myself out of it, um, and then I got this, um, you know, this sense of this sense of security because oh, I got a job offer, you know. So like I figured they would come rolling in, but I ended up unemployed for a month after my EAS. So. Uh, I got a little reality check there. Fortunately, I picked up a job, and, um, you know, it was human resources, so it was good. Um, but it was challenging. And uh, I think, you know, the transition aspect of it, you, you know, going from the military to the private sector, uh, it's just, it's just, it's you know, it's they're polar opposites. It's different stakes. But the idea is the same, you know, you want to take care of your people and you want to motivate them. You want to be productive. You want to, you know, produce profit. Um, you know, these things I didn't know about when I was transitioning as a Marine Corps. So I was kind of behind the curve. Um, and then for me, like it was, you know, really lonely um, when I transitioned out. Uh, and that was a weird feeling for me because, you know, for 22 years from the age of 18, I knew, nothing but the Marine Corps. I was always with high-performing teams, doing great missions, uh, learning a lot along the way, um, you know, developing from uh, the enlisted to the officer side. Uh, I got to see both aspects of the leadership um, and the training, and it was all great. Um, but it was, <clears throat> it was gone after, you know, February 28, 2018, and uh, that was a different feeling for me. So, you know, kind of getting used to that and, you know, realizing that the Marine Corps is now your past. It's, you know, who you are and what you, you know, you know, you develop into the person you are because of the Marine Corps, but it's not there anymore. And uh, it's scary, <laughs> you know? It's really yeah, scary. no. No, I'm sure. Well, especially because it's all that, you know, um, that you know, um, and then coming into, you know, I think for anybody, change is different, right? Um, and, and any change is um, scary. Uh, so, you know, and I think one of the things, because Joe and I had talked offline, um, and I think one of the things I wanted to just point out is, you know, is, you know, when you're transitioning, um, there is programs and things in place um, for, you know, the military that isn't, that's transitioning, so they have the talent assistance office, right, um, 
uh, or let's see, what is it's TAPS. I know that's what the acronym is, but I, I'm now I'm I'm, oh, yeah. I'm blanking on the <laughs> transition assistance program. Program. There we go. There we go. Um, so you have that, um, but I just don't know if a lot of like um, like uh, you know military members actually utilize the program, and then I think from the the organization side, I don't know if a lot of organizations know that those programs actually exist that will partner, you know, with companies um, to try and, you know, bridge that gap. Because um, I think, you know, they, it, it's, um, you know, as you were just kind of saying, as you as you were transitioning, I think one of the big things is, like, what am I going to do? Um, and I think from the organization side, it's looked at as, Okay, so I've got this military member, um, and how are their skill sets actually going to apply to my organization? Um, and as Joe and I, we had talked about it because, you know, there's the, the movie, um, and now I'm blanking again, Joe. Um, there's a movie that's out there about Marine Corps, and, they, and there's a, just a, a, an intensity um, perception for the Marines, right? Yeah, um, a, few, and, a few good men. Uh, that's it. That's the one. That's the one. So. <laughs> Um, so it, because of that perception, and I will just say, um, you know, uh, I've had organizations that had a great military recruiting program, but part of that, we had no Marines. And the reason yeah. for it is the perception of, one, when the Marines would come in, you know, to interview, they did have a little bit more intensity than maybe some of the others, but from the organization side, it was, you know, we had to put some military members as mentors to those um, interviewing to help them to transition from that. Because it is a transition. Because you're going from, um, you know, this regiment, uh, you know, I'm here to protect and serve, um, yeah. to, you know, you're not saving, you're not, in most some roles you are saving lives, but, you know, in the ones that I was working in, we weren't saving lives. Um, and so, right. um, so I think there's that trying to bridge the gap of, you know, how do, from both sides, how do I fit into the organization, but then also from an organization side, how can I look at this military, you know, me- member um, and have them, how do they fit into my organization? Um, and yeah. so, yeah, so just from there, and I, I'm rambling, and we're already 10 minutes in. Um, so we're going to take a quick sponsor break. I don't want – don't go away. Um, we'll be right back because we have so much that we want to talk about that we're probably not going to get to. Um, so uh, I always want to thank – take a quick moment to recognize one of our sponsors and partners. Uh, Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, Microsoft. The Microsoft mission is to empower every person and organization on the planet to achieve more. Microsoft believes technology is a powerful force for good and are working to foster a sustainable future where everyone has access to the benefits and opportunities created by technology. Microsoft believes technology can and should be a powerful force for good and that meaningful innovation can and will contribute to a brighter world in big and small ways. Thank you for your support, Microsoft, and to all our sponsors and partners. Okay, so we're back with Joe McGinnis as he shows his uh, military to civilian transition. So I think, Joe, I mean, you know, we kind of talked about just really, really, like, you know, basics of the challenges. Um, but yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm curious, like, you know, if you were to say, like, what was the biggest challenge that you faced? Um, I think for me and um, for a lot of veterans, because I see it a lot, um, I saw it when I was with Verizon, 
uh, I see it on LinkedIn. Um, veterans have a hard time of uh, translating their skills and experience into what the private sector understands, you know, uh, and I struggled with that. I, um, at the time I, I was retiring, I was, my military title was executive officer of the recruiting station. You know, so I felt like, oh, executive, you know, I should be looking for VP roles um, or, you know, you know, leadership type roles. Um, but that wasn't the case, you know. Uh, and and TAP, you know, it helps. It's a good it's a good program, but it doesn't really dial you in like you need to be to actually transition. Um, and I learned the hard way how to translate my skills because I would go to an interview and, you know, be asked a question and then not know how to answer it. So um, being put on the spot helped me learn. Um, and I think the biggest thing that I realized is, you know, everything has results. And mm. you have to, you know, you have to have results on there to make sure that, you know, you can articulate not only what you did, which the military is great at. We could tell you in a bullet, hey, uh, you know, completed 100 packages of some NRCC program, but, you know, what was the impact of that? Uh, that's, you know, the, the struggle was to figure that out and then put that in terms where, you know, people understand and then also be able to communicate that all. At the same time, it was a lot, <laughs> you know, and you're trying to do all this at the same time because, um, like I said, I waited to, to start the transition process. I was, you know, a, a big big mistake of mine. Um, and so uh, I think that was the most challenging aspect of it was, you know, that. Yeah, no, and you know what, and I think that, I mean, as, as it's a big challenge, you know, for our, your side, it's also a, a challenge in, um, for an organization uh, because a lot of times those resumes will come across and they have, you know, they have a lot of, um, you know, lingo that's associated with them, you know, um, you know like, you know, FOB, uh, TDY, uh, ROE. And you know, people are like, I don't know what that means. And if I can say that yeah. to you, I know that you automatically go, forward operating base, temporary duty, <laughs> rules of engagement. <Yeah. laughs> um, so it just comes naturally to you. But there's a yeah. lot of, like, lingo and military lingo that other, you know, that people don't understand. And that's not just military. I think if we think of any organization, right, they have their own lingo um, internally um, and acronyms that they use. And so it's, it's something, I think, just awareness completely needs to be across the board from the recruitment side is, hey, people outside your organization, um, they don't know what your acronyms are. They don't know what your lingo is, and you need to specify or make that clear. Um, but from yeah. the military side, um, I think, you know, it is like as far as like, you know, um, different ranks, um, different jobs, um, it's hard for um civilian organizations to be able to make that translation. And um, yeah. there's tools out there, you know, you and I had talked about like there, you know, there are tools out there where you can go, um, you know, the Department of Defense has a great job just on their website where you can put in 
what someone's role is, and it will say, hey, from a civilian side, this is what they did in their job. Um, and I know we did this at some of the organizations I worked at, and I know that you had this same thing when you were working at Verizon. I, I believe it was Verizon, where we yeah. had our military members our, or our veterans that worked at our organization as part of our recruitment team. So anytime we would have a resume that was coming in or whether we were going to a job fair or something else, we would make sure that that, that veteran was with us or that veteran was available as a resource to either, um, you know, address like here's what they did and here's like the roles that they would fit in, whether that was based on a resume we received or at a job fair, uh, because I do think it, um, it's a struggle. And I think, you know, and again, it goes back to any, any candidate, like interns, like, you know, students graduating, military members, you don't know what you don't yeah. know. So when you're looking right. at an organization, it's like, well, I don't know all the jobs you have, and I don't know, you know, do I fit, do I not fit? Um, and I think that um, it's it's one of those that, as a recruitment side, we can do a better job of being able to try and answer those questions up front um, and help you to understand, okay, so based on your experience, here's what I think that you could fit within our organization. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think um, it's uh, it's important. Uh, I think Verizon did it really good. Like you said, they um, they have veterans who actually look at the, uh, the uh, resumes for anybody that's uh, identified as a veteran. And then they call them up and they talk to them and they kind of coach them through the process, uh, learn about what they did, and then they go over to the recruiter and tell them why, it's, you know, this person is the best candidate for the role. And, and you know, from there it's in the recruiter's hands with the hiring manager. So, but they also will go, you know, to the hiring manager and say, I think this is a really solid applicant that deserves an interview. So I think, you know, that type of, interaction is important. I know everybody can't do that. It's maybe not in the budget, but um, if you really want to have a good productive program, like you said, having at least a veteran on the team will help uh, tremendously. Um, it's better than just skipping past the resume because you don't understand it, you know? Right, right, right. So I think you kind of already talked to this, but, um, you know, if you could do something differently, you know, as you were looking to transition, what would that have been? So the first thing um, I would have done differently was actually uh, request, you know, submit the request at least 12 months out. And I think the Army's doing a good job of this right now. They're, um, they're allowing to uh, retirement requests to be sent in um, two years before the retirement date, which gives you a lot of time to prepare um, and puts you in that mindset, like, hey, I'm transitioning. Um, you know, it'd be nice if, you know, they did, like, at the two-year mark for all service members, you've got to go through the TAPS program, you know, just to prepare you for that transition if it's something you decide. Um, but it, it triggers that preparation process. You know, like I need a resume, I need to prepare for interviews, I need to start networking, um, all those important things that, um, you know, you do once you transition into the civilian sector. Um, 
So I would have definitely done it a lot sooner. Um, my circumstances were kind of different. Uh, probably not the standard. Um, most people do do it uh, at least 12 months out. I think it's the max is 18 for the Marine Corps, if I recall. Um, so that would have been the first thing. And then the second thing, um, the second mistake I think I made was not taking my first job offer. It was a great company. Um, you know, uh, it was kind of a logistics role, kind of different from what I've been used to. But um, in retrospect, what I realized is they were just looking for a leader. Um, and I kind of like I, I talked to I talked myself out of it. Um, so, um, you know, it was kind of, when I look back at it, that was a great opportunity to develop as, you know, a, a leader in a different industry. Um, you know, the offer was great, company car and everything. <laughs> no, nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, but it kind of goes back to that when you don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and um, and I think, you know, and, and I, you know, I'm not going to say that they didn't do a great job as far as, like, recruitment, but at the same time, I think, you know, that's, that's one of the things you touched upon, like leadership, right? So I know that for the organizations that I've worked for, um, and you and I had talked about this offline, uh, but one of the things we loved with the military is the leadership skills that the military brings into the organization. Um, and so we have... Um, I guess some of our, you know, business groups of the organizations I worked with where they're like, hey, listen, if they can bring in the leadership skills, I can teach them the skill for, you know, X, whether it's like sales or marketing or, you know, it was, you know, something else. They're like, but I can, if I can get the leadership that they bring or operations, right, um, if I can right. have that leadership come in, that's what I really need. That's where we're lacking is that leadership, but I can teach them everything else. Um, and, yeah. um, and, you know, and the thing is, is, you know, your military members, um, your veterans, they're fast learners because guess what? You had to learn a lot very quickly um, and life yeah. depended on it. It was a, yep. you know, um, so uh, it's, yeah, so I think that, you know, maybe that's something that, again, as a in the recruitment space, we can do a better job of kind of translating, like, here is how we see the value you're bringing to us um, and how you're going to make an impact. And I think that's yeah. another thing as far as, you know, to encourage a military or veterans, like, to have a, have a mission, have a goal and be able to translate that to say this is this is the this is what you're bringing to us, and here's what we're going to bring to you. Because I do think yeah. that, that that piece of the culture is important, right? Yes, absolutely. I think um, you know it's not asking for special treatment. Um, you know, just want to be considered like everybody else. But sure, uh, we do bring the soft skills that most people don't. Um, out of college, you know, um, those four years, you're being developed as a leader. It doesn't matter what branch you're in, you know, you're either, you know, in a role where you're watching a leader or you are become a leader. Um, you get those skills, dedication, the loyalty. It's all there, you know, um, like you said, and it's just you got to mold it by 
putting in whatever skills you need done. Um, and I'm, you know, I don't want to, I mean, the veterans come out too with a specific, specific experience as well. So, um, you know, I think it's important that uh, the effort is made. Um, and it, it's a two-way street. Like veterans have to, you know, make that effort too to translate into military, you know, into a private sector speak. Um, because, you know, the job descriptions are the way they are. <laughs> and I could tell you even nowadays reading a job description, it can be kind of intimidating. Um, yeah. They ask for a lot of things. And, uh, you know, it's hard when you're a veteran, you like, uh, you look at those and you're like, man, <laughs> I don't know if I could do all this. Um, right, right. It's and a I lot, think that's it's a, a lot good of stuff. point. Yeah, and it's a really great point because, you know, from, um, again, and the, the things that we're talking about, you know, yeah, our focus is on veterans, but this is across the board, um, you know, because I think, you know, if you're looking at hiring in general, um, you know, you want to be clear on your communication and your expectations. Um, your job yeah. postings, you know, the, the best job postings, you know, are not the ones that have 18 bullet points of, you know, here's all the things that you're, you, you need to qualify for the job. I mean, they should right. be ideally four to five bullet points. Any more than that, um, yeah, guess what? You're discouraging people to apply. And to be honest, I mean, I will say this, um, you know, uh, for a resume, you know, typically I will say most recruiters, including myself, when we're looking through resumes, like we spend 10 seconds maybe, and maybe that's a lot um, even. So that might be even more than what it <laughs> yeah. is. Glancing at a yeah. resume, looking for those achievements. Now, once I see it, I'm going to spend a little bit more time on that resume, but I am doing yeah. a glance of all of the resumes I receive. And I'm going to say on the same side of it, when I'm looking for a job, the job postings, I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. So from a candidate perspective, yeah. Like, you're looking at a job posting going, is this clear? Is it articulate? Um, you know, and uh, if there's 18 bullet points, you're probably looking at the first four and then going, okay, am I yeah. interested? Am I not interested? And then you're moving on. So yeah. as a best practice just for recruitment for anybody, yeah, maybe take out the 10, 15 bullet points. Let's limit it to four or five. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry. Talk about why. Now. I'm on my phone right now, <laughs> this is your comfort zone, hey. Yeah, good, I think it's important. Uh, you know, that's some good information to be sharing out there. So, right, right. Um, and I think I should share too because I think there is, um, you know, and we're, I'm going to have Joe back. So I know that we're like getting close to the end, but we're going to have Joe back because there's so much that we didn't dive into because Joe has, like, his background and experience is, um, you know, in the civilian world and building these recruitment, um, I know he's moving into sales, but he's, he's helped do recruitment of military and veterans um, mm -hmm. at organizations. He's worked at Amazon. He's worked at Verizon. He's worked for some great companies. I mean, he has some great ideas and things that I think our listeners can actually implement. Um, but I think it's important to have the understanding before we go in there as if you are looking to hire a hero, um, you need to do some things inside your organization to make sure that they're successful. And this, again, is for any candidate coming in. Um, so any of the things that you put in place 
to make it good for your veteran is going to make it good for any new hire. Um, So um, with the last few minutes we have remaining, so Joe, tell me, like, uh, you know, what is one thing organizations can do to improve their veteran hiring process? Um, I think we talked about it. I think having at least one veteran in the in the hiring process, like maybe on the the veteran hiring on the team as a veteran, uh, as a recruiter, I think um, just being able to have that one person. Uh, I think the investment is is worth it. You know, the ROI is you get a continuous stream of high-performing people to be considered for your roles. You know, these are proven people that, you know, did it in the military for four to 20 to 30 years. Um, you know, so uh, having somebody there to be able to articulate what it is that they did or even coach them through the process like we did at Verizon um, these would be awesome, you know, improvements to the program. It's, you know, it's a small move in the right direction. Um, you know, there's great programs out there uh, like Amazon, like you said, like Verizon. Uh, I know Walmart's getting, they're getting on the, the program too. They're uh, going to start moving towards more veteran hiring. Um, you know, it's these big companies want veterans for a reason. Um, you know, so the little companies and the mid-sized companies, you know, uh, if they make that effort, they will reap the same rewards. So I think it's important um, to have a veteran recruiter. Yeah, well, and I think, you know, and I'll just say this, and I know we have a little bit uh, – we don't have a whole lot of time but because I want to go into what you're up to now. But um, just for our listeners, as you're kind of preparing, like thinking about – you need to have people on board within your organization um, because – it's it's something you know uh, you want to have the buy-in and you know just the work opportunity tax credit alone. I'm not just saying you should do it, but I think a lot of people aren't aware of it that there is a federal tax credit available to employers that are hiring individuals yeah. um, for you know from the military service. You know based on certain you know there's there's requirements behind that, but it's it can be up to ten thousand in federal and state tax credits. Um, but the other thing I think a lot of people don't, don't know is, you know, I'm going to just list them top 10 reasons to hire veterans. And this comes from Verizon actually. Um, so one, they're entrepreneurial Two, they assume high levels of trust. Three, they're adept at skill transfer across context. They have four advanced transfer, uh, uh, sorry, let me say that again. They have advanced technical training. Number five, they're comfortable in discontinuous environments. Six, they have high levels of resiliency. Seven, they have advanced team building skills. Eight, they have strong organizational commitment. And uh, nine, cross-cultural experiences. Like Joe, I know you've worked around the globe um, and yep. with a lot of different people. Um, and, mm-hmm. and to this point is number 10, they have skills in diverse work settings. Um, so. Um, you know, so if you need a reason, if everything else we didn't say, there's 10 <laughs> right there. So, Joe, yeah. so what are you up to now? Tell us what you're up to now. Uh, so, like I said, I just completed that TechWall program. Uh, it's designed to help veterans or transition service members get into the tech sales industry. Uh, it's a seven-week program. 
it uh, culminates with a five-day boot camp where you're going through very complex role plays with Fortune 100 executives. Um, and now I'm in the process of looking for my next role. So, uh, you know, I'd ideally like to be an account executive in a tech sales company where I can, you know, bridge that gap between technology and people. That's awesome. That's awesome. Joe, thank you for being on the show. We're going to have Joe back. We're going to have Joe back. So listen yeah. next time. Um, so thank you, Lisa. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time to share your experience because I know it is it is very personal, but I think it's important. Um, so thank you for your willingness to share that. Um, if our listeners yeah, want to get in touch with you directly, what's the best way for them to reach you? Uh, probably through LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on there. Um, okay. You know, I, Great. I think that's probably the best way. Uh, okay, fantastic. So, yeah. And I know that okay. just so for our listeners, um, Joe's LinkedIn um, uh, profile page will be a link on Women Lead Radio. If you go to Women Lead Radio, either under my name, Lisa McNeely, or Spotlight on Recruiting, will be our show page, and there will be a link there to Joe's LinkedIn page. Um, I want to give a special thanks to all of our listeners, both in the U.S. and internationally. You can listen to more Women Lead Radio on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. We'll be back again for another Women Lead Radio show each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific and Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific. And then the next Spotlight on Recruiting, uh, we're going to have that show in October, and we're going to have Joe back, and we're going to walk through some steps that you can take to create your military recruiting program, so don't miss it. Um, I want to tell everyone thank you. Go forth and hire and make me proud. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business, executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.